0: well welcome to the podcast zeal you've you've had a fantastic season so far um obviously you've grown up within rallying your dad's a name synonymous in the new zealand rally championship did that have much of a bearing on you getting involved in driving
1: oh yeah hey jack thanks for having me today but um yeah, so I did grow up with dad having a very heavy motorsport environment. So that really uh, bought my passion for it. And I was, when I was about six, I started looking on trade me. I was like, oh, dad, I want a card and this and that. And then eventually for like my seventh birthday or something, I got a go-kart. So that's what really got me into it. And then dad had uh, fallen back on racing. Like he really started concentrating on my carding and that's what really got me into it. And then I built up to where I am now where I started rallying last year. And both Dad and Kingsley have been helping me out a lot. But um, yeah, Dad's been really inspirational and done a lot of work for me.
0: So touching on your Dad and obviously Kingsley Jones, what's their history in rallying and what can they bring to the table for yourself?
1: Uh, so Dad has actually done a lot since he was about oh, 16. He started out with Granddad as well. So they raced a lot like RX3s and all the old stuff. So um, yeah, they both did it together as they grew up, and then Dad did about three national championships, and he got a few podiums and a few national rallies. And then Kingsley's obviously continued on, while um, I've started karting. So um, yeah, that's been that's been a lot of help because they have a lot of experience that obviously I don't have. So they guide me in the right path a lot. And um, yeah, no, it's good also having Dad's car as well, which is identical to mine. So as everyone knows, I've stolen a few parts off Dad's car and then. <laughs> trying to convince Kingsley with the old Skoda but um, yeah I guess that's up
0: to Kingsley and we'll see what happens later in the year yeah fair enough um, eventually you obviously rose to a driving position through your family how long ago was that and how did you start the process of getting behind the wheel
1: uh, so it was about I think what I said before was about well, I was 7 and then I did about six, 7 years of go karting and that really taught me a lot of the fundamentals of racing and then from there I uh, after we went through all the rankings and carding I went to test the formula forward and I actually really enjoyed that me and Kingsley did it together and I actually picked Kingsley a little bit so that was, that was a little bit of an achievement but um, yeah I didn't quite enjoy it as much as I uh, would rallying so yeah we chose rallying and that was a good path to take as well because we already had all the knowledge and all like everything around us to work towards so yeah, I've done rallying for one year now. I'm in my second season and with two-wheel drive last year was really, really cool. I learned a lot about just rallying in general. And then this year we've started to push on a little bit more and, um, you know, we're still focusing on ourselves and trying to get to that top. So fighting with the top guys with a bit of an old car, which is a bit of a disadvantage, but it is our goal by the end of the year to be fighting at the top.
0: And so, you, like you've touched on, you're you driving a at the moment and in the previous season it was front-wheel drive. Can you just talk us through... The idea behind being front-wheel drive for that original season
1: yeah so a lot of the concept was actually around it was actually dead he's been obviously he's had a lot of time out of out of rallying so i don't know where he got this concept from but i um, no, <laughs> thought of it so during the lockdown period we built up the car and it's actually stock 1600 so it's actually a gc3 chassis but um mm. Yeah, so they came stock front-wheel drive and then we obviously slowly upgraded it to the point where now it's four-wheel drive. So, yeah, it's a real interesting concept for a Subaru, but it's really worked well because we haven't spent the money that other teams have to buy new cars. We've just built it at home, built it up, and obviously we're going to have our issues here and there, which we have, and we've learnt from those. But, um, yeah, you know, it has been a real cool concept and I think other people should follow in it because it's a really good way to like come through rallying in a budget even they used to put a lot of hard work and you learn a lot about the car and everything else around it so you know it's been an awesome concept and I love it so yeah
0: and how did that that original 2022 season how'd that play out for you um
2: so I started off with the 1.6 liter non-tourist as a fairly slow front
1: wheel drive car and that's where I just learned to carry some speed and just all like learning about notes everything like that and then once dad thought I'd not going to the limit, but where I needed more power. We uh, put the turbo in for so Hawkspace. It was about round three. So we missed South Canterbury, but we had done Otago and right. And it started off really well, but we had a bit of a mechanical problem, which was a bit um, gutting. But yeah, we, we pushed on for Rally New Zealand. And uh, we actually had a awesome, like, bit of a breakout event for us where we finished uh, third overall two wheel drive, 10th in the National Rally, and then second and 5B behind John T. the other win max driver. So that was a really cool achievement at such a big event. And, yeah, I was actually really happy with last year because considering where I was at the start of last year and where I was at the end of last year, it was, it's a very big
0: game for a 17-year-old. So, yeah, no, I'm happy with last year. And then, like you mentioned, you've stepped up to the four-wheel drive class this year. What was this, what was the decision behind going to Category 1 and basically being a full-fledged four-wheel drive car? Category,
1: category 5 eh, but. Um, yeah no it was a it was a very interesting decision it was quite rational really because um, we were initially going to continue and go for the two-wheel drive championship but um we had a bit of a rethink and it took a bit of convincing with the sequential gearbox as well to bring that in and um, yeah we just came together and realized that four-wheel drive was to go and at the start of the year people were a bit there's been other people who've maybe gone to four-wheel drive a little bit too early and made mistakes and dad really didn't want that to happen so we took it slowly and we're coming to the point where now it's getting a bit more about just fine-tuning and I'm not making those big leaps it's a bit more smaller leaps so we're really working hard as a team to like going over footage and checking data to really improve our setups now to push on a little bit more but still focus on ourselves for us mistakes happen as we've seen before in history.
0: And speaking of mistakes I had to bring it up but obviously at a tiger this year there was a a wee minor area there can you just talk us through how the event was going prior to that and then what eventually happened over that weekend yeah so
1: about two weeks before Otago we did a rally sprint so I came back up from university so I had a bit of an idea of four wheel drive and obviously it wasn't a lot of k's it was like a a 10 kilometre stage we did four runs so I got a bit of a feel for it but I didn't have a lot of feel so I went into Otago just wanting to get a lot of knowledge around four wheel drive and learning how to drive the car really was the main objective and it started off pretty well in the morning we were quite comfortable but I got to a point where I started um making mistakes like in the third stage of the second loop on the first day I caught the car in front and then I kind of pushed on a little bit more I went off a cliff so that was our first mistake and we actually got away with that and came around the fence and we did again and then we we're back on but we lost a minute there and then I slowly just started to really lose my mindset and I really backed off in Danzy's Pass which is where we ended our rally but it clearly wasn't enough on the corner that we went off on and uh, yeah we just understood off and I thought I was going to be alright but right at the last second there was a bit of a divot and we went straight down and yeah that was our two stages over but we actually did a mega job the whole team did a mega job that night where we managed to um, repair the car so that we could get some kilometres on the Sunday which we did and that was still good so we only missed out on one stage but um, yeah we looked forward towards Whangarei and yeah it went rather better than
0: Otago. And so yeah looking forward to Whangarei obviously for a bit of a backstory that well the day prior to the event you approached Hayden and got some little tips and tricks before you started the event and yeah obviously it worked in your favour ended up as a fantastic result can you just talk us through that weekend and how excited you were at the end basically
1: yeah no that weekend was really awesome but um at the start of the weekend yeah i did had a good talk to Hayden and he really uh set the set the goals for me really and so our goals were to just stay within ourselves and our team focus on ourselves don't look at the stage times write notes after every stage which we did and then review it after the rally which we had and that really worked in our favor as i didn't get caught up in all the results around me and everything else that was happening even though I had a fair bit of an idea as I was driving past cars, I kind of figured out where we were. But, um, you know, we continued to focus on ourselves and it really was the main reason why we had such a successful weekend. So I was really proud of the whole team and my sponsors to like give back to them after their own so it was quite
2: a disappointing result. But I think I just had to prove to myself that I could do it. And, yeah, I think I proved to myself that I can.
0: So looking forward now, obviously we're in the build-up to South Canterbury Rally this weekend but looking forward to this event and then further into the future what's the future look like for Zeal Jones
1: uh, yeah so obviously South Canterbury this weekend is going to be a bit of a challenge it's a new rally for me but um, it is quite fast I don't know how I feel about the fast roads. it's a bit of a Jones thing to not like the fast roads, as we know Kingsley hates it but um, yeah I'll see how we go we'll continue with the same approach and um, yeah see where we end up at the end of the weekend but for the future well Oh, I don't know really, Jack. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. But um, we're definitely looking at things and we're planning a lot. So I guess wait and see and see what goes our way and, um, you know, continue to um, put some hard work in and,
0: yeah, I'm really looking forward to what's to come. And obviously as one of our Winmax gender drivers, um, how have you enjoyed the experience so far and wh- what have you gained out of being involved with Hayden and the Winmax Breaks sort of brand? Yeah, no, it's been a really cool opportunity
1: because obviously Hayden is... Been the best it gets in New Zealand and really in the world. So, to work with someone that with that much of a caliber is just really special and inspiring because you really want to take everything you can out of what he gives to you. And um, you got to make sure to really listen because obviously he's got into where he has now. And clearly, with his advice that worked at Whangarei, we got to where we wanted to be. So, you know, he's been really helpful. And also with the WinMax brake pads, we had a bit of an issue at. Hotel, I go, I mean it, on the race on our behalf we, we basically only had front brakes the whole rally and um, yeah we really put the Winmax brakes to the test and they just handled it perfectly the whole whole event so we kind of cooked the whole pair of um front brake pads but that's alright so you know I'm glad that they are very uh, strong and
0: bitey pads so yeah Awesome mate well thanks very much for joining me all the best for this weekend, and I'm sure there'll be a few eyes in the future, so look forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, thank you very much, Jack. I'm really looking forward to this weekend to we'll see what we can do. So Mason, you've you've obviously had a reasonably strong career in rallying so far. You've, you've had some great events. What originally got you involved in the sport, and especially, obviously you've got parents that have been involved in the sport prior, so how did that help you get into the driver's seat? yeah well it's a good point there um having my parents particularly my dad
3: um rallying since he was well, 16 years old um definitely helped had a very good mentor and um i guess motorsport runs through my family's blood um obviously my dad did rallying and motocross um my mom used to be a swinger on a sidecar um, my uncle races sprint cars in australia well used to and my other uncle races uh, motorbikes um in the Suzuki series right. in New Zealand, and has um actually competed at the Isle of Man twice. So a lot of um yeah motorsport runs in the blood, that's for sure. So it was only inevitable that I would jump in the driver's seats. Um, something I regret not doing sooner. I mean, my dad built me a go kart when I was five, and I burnt my hand on the exhaust, and that was kind of it, really. Um, sort of off you know, for a bit. Um, so. Yeah, so it took me a little bit to build up the courage to ask, you know, I want to have a go because we still had the the Mazda sitting in the sheds and there was a little part of me that was like, no, I want to have a go at this. And I said to the dad, you know, I want to have a go. And he was like, yep, okay, let's do it. And it sort of just snowballed into what it is now. Um, This car, I mean, we get a little bit of criticism that it's I didn't start out in a front wheel drive car or I didn't start out in a slow car and work my way up. But it's what we had available to us and we did with what we um with what we had. And um okay, it's not the stereotypical way of learning how to drive, but I think I think I drive all right. Um but yeah, that's probably how I got into the sport. Um but yeah, it's definitely had um Great um, great genes to learn from and a great mentor to learn, particularly rallying. Um, and he still continues to provide a lot of leadership and support
0: and mentorship um, to this day. And so you've, you've obviously touched on your Mazda there, which is a very unique car to New Zealand motorsport. Can you just talk us through that car's history and what it's become today?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So that Mazda, my dad bought brand new and would have been nineteen. 19- 88 so it was brand new car fresh off the showroom um, floor, and he drove it home and cut the sunroof out of it and the rest is really history um back then you know they would be crazy buying a brand new car and chopping it up into a rally car um i don't know what its value would have been back then but it'd be no different to buying a nice brand new car today so it's been a rally car its whole life and it's been a true battler i believe dad finished Fourth in the New Zealand Championship, um, back in its prime um, in the Group Group A era, I believe. unfortunately, um, um, he um, didn't really have the budget to continue and compete with the top guys. And yeah, so unfortunately, he had to park it up. Um, and it wasn't until I came along that um, I expressed my interest and soon recognized that it wasn't fast enough to keep up with Evos and Stubaris and whatnot in today's standards, even though they're still reasonably old cars. Um so my dad being my dad, he was always um and still is very innovative and likes to create things and work with what he's got. And um that's sort of how this weird, wild looking Mazda sort of was created. It was never intended to be um so outrageous it sort of just happened it was we need to had an overheating issue so we needed a bigger radiator and a bigger intercooler we didn't have space so we made space um and whilst we we're there let's do that make the track wider let's do that too and all of a sudden we've got these
0: crazy looking seed guards and a massive wing on the back <laughs> so here we are yeah it's a it's an amazing car to see on the stages and obviously for a lot of people i think your brand sort of developed from I guess Rally Fungare. You've always had very strong stage times there. Whether it's been a happy or sad hunting <laughs> whether it's been a, whether it's been a happy or sad hunting ground for you, it's always been a quite a successful event. Is that some place that you sort of look back on as what could have been or what it has become?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Fungare roads I really enjoy. Um and the stage times sort of show it I guess um, to be perfectly honest the Saturday stages um, I don't really like that much I prefer the Sunday stages I'm more up into the fast and applying so particularly this year we were going so good well going right on the Saturday um, which was unnormal for me so I would have loved to have seen how well we went on the Sunday um, but like you say it's we've showed real good promise there um, set good times and then just doesn't seem to go away we've had a lot of unfortunate bad luck out of our control and it's tough mentally um you know you have five folks going into these events and we put in so much hard work and effort and time and money and to for it to be over before it really gets going it's it's tough but that's not just a thing array it's <clears throat> nearly every event we've done so far so i think i've finished two rallies so far and yeah, it's not ideal, but I know what I'm capable of, and I feel like I'm yet to show what I'm truly capable of yet. So, but yeah, hopefully, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get there, and we're gonna have a moment, and it'll happen. I'm just gotta trust the
0: process, and our time will come. And speaking of knowing what you're capable of, it wasn't that long ago that you got on the podium at White Rally, which is not a small feat. That's pretty impressive how was that weekend for you and how was the elation at the end of it to actually prove your worth?
3: Yeah well that was that was my second rally ever, Rally Waitomo. um That was a bit of a shock really to be honest. I can't remember what we were seated. I think 28th from memory and I was going into it it was like okay we're just we're gonna go have some fun and you know top 10 would be awesome and we were sort of knocking on the door of sixth and we had some lucky retirements in front of us and I believe going into the last stage, I was, or maybe might have been five seconds behind. I think it was David Severs in the Impreza, um, and I managed to pit him in that last stage. So I would have been fourth overall, and you know, luck was on my side. I think unfortunately Hayden McKenzie had a mechanical issue, turning back to the finish, which um, promoted us onto the podium. And I didn't know that until prize giving. Um, so sucked for him, but I think that podium. And result meant a whole lot more to me than it would have for him so yeah i was i was buzzing after that for months um and it okay it wasn't a national championship event but a podium's a podium and,
0: and yeah I, I would like more of them <laughs> absolutely mate um outside of rallying you've obviously you've taken up some speedway action just talk to us what was what that about well
3: as a kid i was um, yeah, my grandparents lived at Papamoa, which is in Mount Maunganui and we would always go to Bay Park and watch watch the speedway and I always thought mm, that could be something I would be interested in um, but once again never really asked to have a crack and with all the disappointing results we've had in the rally scene the past couple of years it was kind of like you know what I want to have a go at something else I want to see what else is out there and um. Yeah, I was a lot. I liked the look of the TQ midgets. Just um, they were cheap, cheap to run, easy to maintain. Close hard racing. Um, everything is so is it like close parity. I mean, you can spend more money and have better this and better that, but it just looked really appealing. Um, so that's why I, you know, I bit the bullet and bought a TQ, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and I've been really enjoying it. Um, comparing the price of that to rallying I mean for a typical race meeting we'll use 10 litres of fuel there's no entry fees the most expensive part of the night is buying a hot dogs at the end of the night (laughs) you know and comparing that to rallying it's for me it's like why would I invest so much into the rallying world when I can go do that Um, having said that you just can't compare rallying to anything in this world and I know I've still got a lot
0: Left to achieve in rallying, so I'm not going anywhere. Perfect. And so, I guess that leads on to the future. What what is in the future for Mason Grammar? What what is your aspirations in either speedway or rallying, whichever path you sort of choose? That's a it's a very good question. Um, we've had
3: multiple discussions um, as as a family, and um, we've sort of got a plan in the pipeline. I guess to do the full New Zealand Championship. Um, I don't know the full details yet. Um, but yeah, I, Dad and I talk about this pretty much every night. Every time we're working on the car, we're talking about this. Um, so we're getting there. Um, but I would like definitely want to do the full New Zealand Championship. It just doesn't seem right to be such involved in the sport and not actually get to say I've done the Championship. Just It kind of sucks. Um, right now, just being under all comers, it's... It's a bit awkward when someone asks you, oh, you do rallying? It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, so what class are you in? Uh, <laughs> it gets a bit... We're sort of doing the championship, but we're not. Um, so it's... Yeah. Um, I can't really... There's no... Um, what's the word? I don't have a crystal ball,
0: but um, it's going to happen. We're going to make it happen. Cool, mate. And obviously for yourself, you've you've joined... The WinMax Junior Driver program, it's been something that, like many of the other drivers, they've tried to gain as much as they can from Hayden and from the Winmax compounds and all that. For yourself, what have you learned or what have you experienced through the program that has benefited you in your in your sport? Um That's yeah. Might have to cut
3: for this one. You <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess just having access to Hayden's knowledge is um is gold in itself really. Um to have someone like him that's proven what you can do from little, little old New Zealand and and what he's made of himself is very impressive. So to be able to ask him questions at at my leisure is um awesome and the questions that I have asked, he's given very detailed feedback, which has been very helpful um in all aspects from from tire pressures to car set up to, to brake pads and which leads on to the winmax pads you know at Fungare i was working in bloody hard um and they stood up to it i was actually pleasantly surprised to be honest i was thinking ah oh, yep yeah, it's gonna do do the job but they um they did a really good job um
0: so yeah i can't really I have no complaints about them whatsoever perfect mate well i guess thanks very much for joining us thanks for joining the podcast and obviously, we wish you all the best in the future. We'll, there'll be a few eyes on you. So if you can make that national championship happen, we'll all we'll be on board.
3: Yeah, well, exactly. We're definitely going to need help to get there, but we um we put in a lot of hard work, effort, and time. So
0: when we say we're going to do something, we're going we're to do it. So, Ben, you're one of the new talents to New Zealand motor racing. You're, you're one of the young stars of the circuit racing scene. Can you just talk us through... How you got onto the sport and how you've ended up sort of at the point where you are now, where you, you're dominating every championship that you step your foot into?
1: Yeah, so basically, I guess it all started because my dad raced in early 2000s before I was born. And then took me out to the kart track one day, had a go, and I guess loved it. And then brought a go-kart, started racing, and yeah, it's like the first year. I'd already done my first nationals, so, like, got into all the big stuff pretty quick. Then worked my way up the karting ranks, as you do, like, winning a few championships and stuff. Got close to some, like, big national titles, but fortunately, like, wasn't on my side, but, you know. And then 2020, I had a pretty big karting accident, which uh, apparently was, like, the worst karting accident in blood and- pretty much forever in New Zealand where I had punched in my lung and broke my collarbone spent 17 days in hospital so in the day I got out of hospital straight into bloom in the first lockdown so wasn't an easy time but um, yeah so that was a pretty long recovery I guess and my first meeting back wasn't really the best it was probably a bit too early looking back at it now like real low confidence and just like whenever i was wheel to wheel with someone i'd always back out just like wasn't how i used to be but then the next few meetings just got better and better and better moved up to the senior class and i'm karting. did some more racing and stuff and then like before my crash we're looking at moving into formula first and then couldn't really do anything straight after my crash obviously which kind of Made it like a year gap kind of in my racing. Like, wasn't really doing much, just doing karting. And then went out to the New Zealand Grand Prix and, you know, I was just hanging out with my mates. But my dad, he saw the Mazda Racing Series and, you know, thought it was pretty cool and talked to a few people. And by the end of the weekend, we got put in contact with some people and ended up meeting Simon Baker, who owns who runs a team called team cello well team wellington so they're they're, they're the only drivers from wellington the race in the mazda racing series so and they really wanted a young driver so i ended up being their choice i guess and we brought a car and we didn't really know what to expect the first meeting in timaru we had blew in like a pretty slow motor like the standard clutch and flywheel so basically the gear i had for that weekend you know wasn't ideal but somehow managed to put it on pole my first time at timaru and then won the first race and then got second in the second and third in the third but it was enough to win the round so managed to win on debut with you know a less than ideal car i guess and then simon basically just said to us you gotta bloom and get the faster motor in. New gearbox and clutch. So we did that ready for Highlands, which now I look back at it, it's probably my, I don't know, yeah. best weekend I've ever had. So I we went down there, first practice, P1, and then P1 for the next four practices, sometimes by over a second. Then qualifying, managed to get pole. by, can't remember how much, quite a bit. And then race one, it's got a beautiful, oh, well, actually in race one, Right before we like went to go to the grid, the car didn't start. Just nothing worked. So there was a massive blooming panic because the blooming something was left on the car between qualifying the race and true went flat. So it was just a massive panic, I guess. It's like last thing you want when you're on pole for your first like proper big race. And you know, I, was, I remember like sitting on the grid waiting for the lights to go out, my blooming leg was shaking on the clutch (laughs) I was feeling you know like nerves of big nerves and then somehow managed to get a good start and pulled like a nine second gap in that race and then the reverse top 10 race started you know 10th obviously and then got to lead by the third lap and then pulled away and then won the third race and just from that weekend alone I did like got noticed by a lot of people there's like a lot of firsts for me like first tv interview and all that learned a lot and then then we had the next weekend at real partner which was all right we had an issue with the car but still got second for the round and then basically the season just continued from there basically you know whenever i could pretty much winning and then we had a few setbacks First, I was at um, put like I won the first race and got pole. And then reverse top 10, which is always a bit of carnage. And then the Mazdas, that's what they're known for. <laughs> bit of carnage. But I was, if it was the first lap. I was tucked right in behind someone. Basically, someone spun from the lead. person in front of me pulled out. And the car was just rolling back straight in front of me. So we went straight into them. Took the corner out, so that was us for the weekend and and Pretty big repair job, sort of that. And then Talpo was all right. And then, oh yeah, Talpo was the last round of the National Championship, which sealed up in the first race. And then the last round of the North Island Championship, we're on the back foot. We didn't think we could really win it. But luckily, we had, well, the car was quick won all the races that I could. It was just up to other people to see how the result happened. And in the last race, the guy was winning. He ended up little stacking into the fence. So managed, managed to pull off the free Pete winning every single championship in the Mazdas. And then pretty much after that, we were like, didn't really know what to do, I guess, because we didn't expect it to go so good. We're looking at racing 86, and then that's just too expensive. And then I had a test in a TA2 Trans Am, which was pretty awesome for a like, a proper race car. And we're looking at doing that, but couldn't get the funding for it in time. And then Mark from Lama Engineering basically said, that's where I actually work at the moment. He just said, they got a S13 Silvia with a Toyota V8 about 500 horsepower so it's a quick car the races in GT2 and he said just drive that for the season it was pretty cheap I guess like racing terms didn't have to pay a lot a lot of stuff was covered and yeah it's been racing that I haven't it hasn't like really been a season we've only done three rounds because the first one you missed because the car was in ready. In the most recent one we had a pretty catastrophic failure with the clutch which tore apart everything which finished us for the season but yeah
0: that's basically what's been happening up until now cool it sounds like a very successful career and off the back of that I guess there's a number of questions you've, you've obviously gone through everything over the last few years which is it's obviously been a very impressive career so far I guess the starting point is that car crash when you had to, when you were younger everyone would like to know I guess what what happened there and how did it end up being so severe basically yeah what
1: happened it was a you know it was like a region it was a pretty big event in um wellington you know the weekend was going be all right maybe not the best probably more i wanted it to be better because my home track but basically the format and carding it's like five heats in a final and that's your like and all the points added up as a result for the weekend so we've done the five heats in the final and then it was up to the GP, which is like a, it's a standalone event. It doesn't really mean much. It's just a, you know, just last race of the day. doesn't mean much. Started like probably 15th and I was up to, got up to third. Um, and I made a pass this top corner. So I passed this guy and then into the next corner. So I went down the back straight this other guy passed me which wasn't the guy that I passed so I was like oh what the hell's going on here so he passes me and the karting basically the rule of fun is outside suicide you just get pushed off if you're on the outside so went to tuck tucking behind him and then as I'm tucking in there's another kart that basically just appears and the way we hit like you've probably seen like karting crashes the way they flip is really real really random the way we hit this was basically unlucky lifted it up and like turned the wheel which didn't help and just flipped me over and normally like the reason cats don't have seat belts is because like when you flip you're meant to like fly out I guess but fortunately I didn't basically got so like rolled I was still under it and just landed straight on top of me not sure like we can't completely work out my lung got punctured because Normally if you punch a lung, like your rib breaks and pokes it, but I didn't actually really break any ribs. So it must have like, just like the force basically just burst the hole basically in my lungs. So yeah, that basically, that's what happened. So basically just rolled, cart landed on top of me. And I was like, how old was I then? Probably 14. I was pretty light. The cart's like 90 kgs just landing straight on top of you. Somehow I didn't get a concussion. The blooming spark plug went through my helmet from the motor and I did get a concussion somehow. So that
0: was pretty crazy. But, yeah, it wasn't the best two weekends of my life in the hospital. Yeah, I mean, people talk about better work stories, but that has got to be peaking. That A 14-year-old going back to school after that, you must have been the talk of the uh, town. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was even one of the most interesting things
1: because – so like my crash happened on the 8th of March and then when I get out somewhere in like the 20th but that's like when COVID was like the first like part of COVID was happening so like like the first week you know I could have visitors and stuff and then the next week it was only even my mum or dad that could come into my room at either time so like no one could come in and it seemed like the hospital change at that time as well it was like pretty crazy and then yeah, the day I got out of hospital's the first day of lockdown. So basically what we're doing in lockdown was like seeing how many houses down the street I could walk until I got <laughs> too tired and stuff like that. And then throughout lockdown, like most people ended up getting a computer and setting up a sim and turns out I'm pretty good on the sim, race and like every single, you know, main racing driver on the sim now bit quite a few of them like Bec Giz and Scotty and all, Liam Lawson a few times so that's been awesome like done quite a bit of some stuff and yeah
0: no, that's, that's awesome man and then obviously you talked about your experience on that even that first season of RX8 so that must have been whirlwind to come down especially come down south to new tracks and stuff but all over the country and dominate every sort of series there was out there that must have been crazy
1: yeah that was pretty cool and like basically every track that I went to I'd never been to. Like I'll practice on it on the sim before. Like I remember yeah, going to Highlands and my first few lights of that. Like Highlands is still my favourite track. It's a little bit awesome. Like want to go back there soon. But yeah, just going to new tracks and I guess it all panning out car was quick and being able to just adapt to everything pretty quick and one of my highlight things I guess was the reverse top tens. Seeing how quick I could get through the field, my best was like going from tenth to first, just at the end of the second lap at Hampton Downs. That was the quickest I got through the field. So like, yeah, those reverse top ten races, you know, like I learned so much from it, just racecraft and all that. And yeah, and like the whole season overall, I just learned so much. Like I guess being in the spotlight and stuff.
0: And so. Off the back of all that, all that experience and your successful career so far, what what does the future entail for you? Um, So my kind of short-term
1: goal at the moment is to, I guess, kind of like try to win the Porsche New Zealand scholarship. So I applied for it last year. I knew, you know, it would be a pretty long shot that I would actually get in. But I still got through the interview stage, you know, had a call with Earl Bamber and stuff and he basically said like, you know, it was, he couldn't convince the Porsche people to let me into the shootout because I only done one of cars. But he said, like, yeah, make sure you do it, well, this year now. And, like, I've got his number and stuff, and I'm actually in contact with him fair bit. So, you know, that's basically what I'm working towards. And the way that I've been, like, looking at things at the moment is, like, you know, the Mazda Racing Series and GTRNZ, it's still kind of club racing, I guess it's hard to really get fully noticed and stuff in it so I've basically been looking for something to do to you know get my name out there like properly so that's why like we're looking at doing maybe a round of TA2 and Aussie but that was just going to be too hard and then I actually used to work at Raystick so David Black basically had a good chat with me one time and he just said like you need to get out and do something you know like a proper series, and where to look, and got into contact with some people in Aussie for an eighty-six. Now that's all basically finally come together. So that's all basically giving me a better chance of getting to the shootout for the Porsche thing, and giving more me more opportunities in the future. But my ultimate dream supercars, because basically what I've watched growing up and loved it forever, and you know but even like a racing as well i also love that as well Right, no, cool
0: and hopefully it all comes together for you over the future and stuff like it you obviously got all the talent in the world and all the drives so yeah i love the aspiration side of it i guess we're talking to you because you're a one max driver on from your perspective how has that experience been how has that benefited your career and have you used the brake pads in any of your cars yet despite the shortened season i guess um I actually
2: haven't had a chance to use them yet because we just kind of well I guess yeah haven't just had a
1: super short season couldn't do it in time but like having Hayden as guidance and stuff like sent my proposal and stuff to him and he told me what to what I should change and stuff and what to do with it and I took all that on board and the proposal's pretty good I think it's worked all right it was like pretty slow start getting you know funding together but eventually you get the ball rolling and keeps on going and you know like having the support of someone like Hayden you know for, for what he's done in WRC and stuff and the amount of experience he has like I take like as knowledge like the way I'm trying to like I guess use knowledge is all like the stuff that you can't really get taught obviously driving you know that's one aspect but there's all that other stuff that it's pretty hard to get taught from someone that knows what they're talking about really. And just, yeah, I've been, you know, want to learn as much as I can from them.
0: Yeah, cool. Awesome, man. Oh, well, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for jumping on the podcast and um, we wish you all the best for the future. Hopefully we see some good things from you over the next few years. And if you can get that Porsche Spring scholarship together, just remember who got you there. And yep. uh, yeah, all the best. I'm glad you're part of the program and yeah, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, that f- first experience, you obviously did some smaller like South Canterbury Car Club events, autocrosses, track days, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Was that exciting as a kid to get behind the wheel and start experiencing what your dad had been experiencing the years prior?
2: Yeah, well, now that I look at it, I'm, I am was quite young to be actually in a car and going quite fast. I mean, certainly wouldn't look at it and put my future, you know, kid in a car. So it's, at that age, it's pretty I was pretty lucky and it was, I don't, can't remember really, but it was quite exhilarating and just all, you know, how it feels to go fast and all that.
0: Um, with your dad's experience, there was with your time in motorsport, does that help you in any way on that first point, like getting behind the wheel? You, you sort of had the knowledge behind you to go do what you had to do?
2: Uh, yeah, there was always a big learning curve. I mean, dad taught me all he could until I well, had a friend group as well that I'd just been learning off them, watching videos and. It's just everyone around was helping me out so yeah definitely got a good kick start into it
0: and then obviously you you've grown up at levels raceway you've grown up around the south canterbury car club a fantastic community of people is that something that's benefited you and not only the starting point but in the long run with so many i mean great personalities around you yeah yeah for sure there is um you run part of the south
2: canary car club so but they'll help you out, even when you in need and a They'll just always be
0: there bit if we, and it's, they're all nice people, and it's just great to be a part of. Cool. And in that first year, you, you took out Novice Driver of the Year for the Car Club. Was that a confidence booster?
2: Yep. Yeah, when well, it's quite a while ago now. I can't really remember what I felt like, but it was a big uh, pat on the back for myself, really. I mean, I didn't really explore, didn't really expect to have it, but there was a few others at the time that were about the same age and just getting into it as well.
0: So, yeah. And then following that you obviously you've made a big step into the formula four which is notoriously the most competitive series in new zealand motorsport it's it's hard to get ahead but once you're ahead then you, you're away laughing how have you enjoyed that experience and sort of what got you into that field Ah, uh, so at a 2 J truck round
2: that i was maybe about halfway through the season at the levels truck meeting was quite the the biggest meeting of south canterbury i think and um yeah I got an opportunity well, I stood out in two a cup of that round and I got an opportunity to go test the Formula Ford and so then we put a deal together and I uh, started tagged on for the back end of the 21-22 season well yeah I think it was that yeah and um, well the first the end of the season was good because I had a, a car that was it was all right it was a good mid-speed car and it was reliable and then I Started the twenty yeah the twenty two season with an, another car and I didn't the best of luck there. I mean I had a few quite a few DNS I think I had more DNS and actual laps that I had so it was quite quite not not enjoyable really yeah.
0: And off the back of that that original Formula Ford season you you went in endurance racing in the Integra with twenty four Red Racing, which is obviously Mark Leonard's involved in that another great South Canary guy. That must have been an awesome experience to go. Having some seat time at like a long period, yeah, it was my first introduction to the
2: endurance side of racing. It was, yeah, I had a lot of fun with the team, and it was just felt like a pro driver
0: sort of thing, so it was great. Alongside that, you've you've obviously tested the eighty six series, whether that's your aspiration in the future or not. That that must have been a cool experience to get behind and win one of those. That's it's been a great breeding ground for young Kiwis in the past. Yeah, um, so
2: the Rod McIlroy had an eighty six line around. I think it was the, the original prototype for the series back in the day so it was the very first one and um, we ended up buying it after I crashed it on my first day out which wasn't great but um, yeah I've done a lot of laps in the 86 doing the 3 hour endurance with dad the past two
0: years so yeah and what uh, what sort of led you to that knowledge that you preferred the tin top road because you've, you've obviously from there you've sort of snowballed on the tin tops but what led you to get to that point uh, after Formula forward we
2: sort of realized that it's it's a, gonna be a, it's a lot more expensive uh, or yeah more money costs and running and yeah it's just i don't know dad's always been doing tin tops and i've always grown up watching the v cars more than the f one so i just sort
0: of like guess i'd like to go that way instead of the open wheel away you've also you've got yourself involved with your dad you've you've done some driving together in the south island endurance series how was that experience especially teaming up with someone that's sort of fed you into the sport he, he made it all happen so it yeah. must have been cool yeah no it was awesome i think
2: and last year we won the class five national title so that was at Hong so it was real awesome to win it with dad so yeah i think we did it the previous year in dad's honda civic and got close to winning the class
0: overall i can't really remember but yeah it was great fun cool and then you've kept yourself involved in RX8 racing. What's that been like? I saw you're, um, you're on board from Highlands and it was unbelievable. So it must be feeling pretty good for you.
2: Yeah, no, the RX8, the Pro 8 South Island, has probably been the best jump for me in, in racing. It's uh, great cars to drive and affordable to an extent. But yeah, the club's real good. And it's, uh, yeah, I've had a big, what's it called, confidence boost after winning the recent season and yeah so it's been
0: pretty cool so off the back of what has been a great but short career for yourself what's the future look like for Will Kitching um so tomorrow
2: I think there's going to be a press release uh from New Zealand Mazda we're going to make the step up to the national Mazda series so we're going up North Island more and having a go with all the others see what we can do there awesome right that'll be a fantastic way to go and we're also looking at something to do with the uh, this year's endurance series a uh, Sud so not sure what we've got planned there yet, but hopefully we have something soon.
0: That sounds like you're holding secrets from me. I don't know how I take that. Right. Um, <laughs> obviously you're part of the WinMax Junior Driver program. How's that experience been for you and obviously for the circuit racing guys that we sort of introduced you to the campaign before or just towards the end of your season have you had a chance to run the brake pads and what's your thoughts on those uh, we haven't actually ran the
2: brake pads yet but so what, well, from what I've heard they're uh, meant to be pretty good so hopefully we'll get to try them out soon finish
0: and what's your experience with the the program have you had access to Hayden yet have you made the most of it uh, yeah Hayden's been been real good I mean he's got a lot of years of
2: experience so anything that we need to ask for he'll just give it to us and hopefully we'll learn from the best from him
0: I'm sure but yeah he'll be great for the future Hopefully awesome mate thank, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast it's, it's good to see another young guy thriving in the sport and we wish you all the best for the future thank you